Welcome to Waypoint's What's the Point podcast. I'm Erica Castiglione, the Director of Women's Discipleship, and I'm joined today by three of my friends. I am James Shafto. I am the Director of Local Missions at Waypoint. I've been attending Waypoint for eight, nine years since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I'm Susan Carter, and I am the hospitality director at Waypoint, and I have been here just a wee bit longer than James, probably. <laughs> and I'm Wendy Dingledine. My family and I have been attending Waypoint for almost two years. All right. Today we're going to be talking about hospitality, and as we go on, you'll see why um, we've chosen these three guests. But to kind of get us started, I've got an icebreaker. Um, do you have a go-to meal when you have guests over for the first time? And if so, what is it? I know for me, it is baked ziti. I bet if I could see a show of hands, many of you out there have had <laughs> my baked ziti. And it's also my go-to meal for meal trains, too. But um, what, are, what are yours? Uh, I really love taco salad. I don't know that it's a go-to meal, but it's a meal that I like to put together for people. I love taco salad because I like taco salad, and I've never thought about this, but off the top of my head, it also provides a lot of flexibility for people with various eating Mm -hmm. uh, preferences because they can put whatever they want on it. Wow, that's a great idea. Maybe I'll try that next time. Uh, I don't have a go-to. I tend to make things I've never made before when I have people over, and it's not intentional. That is so funny. Uh, And then I think, oh, I should probably not have done this, but anyway. It's usually good. I've benefited from that. Okay, so that is what I was going to say as well. This is like my funny anecdote is that Stephen – did I say that word right? Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) We were talking about how to say that word this morning. (laughs) Stephen told me he has grounded me from making new meals when people come over. It's like, you're not allowed to make something new when people come over for the first time. And I still do it. I'm I still know. like, oh, I should try something new. And then yeah. he's always like, we've talked about this. <laughs> well, I've had both of your new meals before, and they were delicious. So you're just braver than me. So you just know that. Um, so we're, I said we're talking about hospitality. How would you guys define hospitality? You don't have to out a dictionary but if someone said what is hospitality what would you say and how is christian hospitality different than just what how the world would see hospitality you had a great answer for it so i'm gonna let you know i love that uh well on on the way here i was listening to uh dr david jeremiah on the radio and he was talking about hospitality of all things on my way to a hospitality podcast and uh he just talked about how hospitality that word has two greek words together that mean kindness to strangers i don't remember what the actual greek words were but um but then he also expounded on how it's not just kindness to strangers that the bible calls us to show kindness hospitality to everyone those in the faith and those who are not yet. And um, and I would like to say that I think hospitality, I think that it's easy to think of it as then I must have people to my home, which is a very big component of it and is, is a wonderful thing to do. But hospitality is also just showing a kindness to others. So, for example, the person who is checking your groceries out at the grocery store uh, sometimes, especially if they're not um, particularly friendly or looking you in the eye, it's easy sometimes for me to go, wow. <laughs> but 
actually, I usually take the other stance. I I call it warming them like butter. I like to <laughs> I like to talk to them and ask them questions, and it's amazing how quickly people will sort of let down that guard. Um, so I see hospitality as being uh, just kind to people, also just kind. So it's just not a hard thing to do unless they've cut you off in traffic. It might not be so easy to do, but yeah. Yeah, I love that kind of having a hospitable attitude, not mm-hmm. just necessarily inviting people to your home. Yeah, you didn't mention Martha Stewart or Southern Living mm-hmm. or anything doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, although I do, I have heard people stress that it doesn't have to be perfect, which is true. I think hospitality is sometimes just clearing the junk off the table and picking mm-hmm. up food. But also, if you have a gift in those ways, too, I think that that can be nice. Also, you don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to discredit that. Also, for those who really have a gift for setting a beautiful setting, too. Um, any other thoughts about what hospitality is or Christian hospitality? How have you guys shown hospitality? Yeah, I've shown hospitality through having people in my house. So there have been a couple of different times where there's been a need from a friend or something and I've just said okay well you can stay at my house and I've got a spare room and people have stayed for a couple months um, people have stayed yeah two of the examples people have stayed for a couple months uh, and then another one was just thinking through like what does it look like to again with roommates uh, before I was married uh, there's a verse that talks about it's in isaiah 57 uh, or 58 but it talks about fasting but one of the components of fasting that it talks about it talks about uh, fasting to feed the hungry and then it talks about fasting to bring the homeless poor into your house uh, which i think was very challenging for me as i thought through that and just creating a space where that's a mindset that i'm willing to have and mm-hmm. that means that okay if this verse says, bring the homeless poor into your house. That's different from the way I've conceptualized it, which is send the homeless poor to the homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's maybe nuance in that, but for myself that meant, okay, maybe I don't get the $1,000 TV because if I there's an opportunity where the Lord leads me to bring somebody into my house. I want to not be scared that my stuff's going to get stolen. Mm-hmm. And so then my stuff becomes a barrier to hospitality that God might be calling into me into. Mm-hmm. What are things that I have done to the yeah. hospital? Yes. Um, Stephen and I like to, to have people over. Um, and I think that maybe that's kind of leading into the second part of this question. Something that God has grown me in over the years or challenged me that hospitality is not entertainment. Mm-hmm. And that became a barrier because if the house was dirty or we had you know, not mowed the lawn or, you know, it, it became harder to like want people to come over because it was about me mm-hmm. and not about other people. Like, mm-hmm. What are people going to think about our stuff or what, what, you know, mm-hmm. our home looks like or how we're taking care or if the, you know, the gates are broken in the backyard, <laughs> we haven't mm-hmm. fixed it yet. That was becoming a barrier because I was looking at it the wrong way. And that's maybe how the world looks at hospitality. Instead, it's more of an entertainment or for you to show off. Um, And like you said, some people are really gifted and like tablescapes and those aren't bad things. But when it becomes a barrier and you can't entertain or you can't 
um, have people over or care for people or love on mm-hmm. your neighbor because your home isn't perfect, um, then you know that's that's your downfall. That's the downfall of the entertainment piece of it. Um, I think your next question. I, I think I'm jumping ahead if I oh, go no, no, into... that's fine. That's fine. No, and I think I was thinking, particularly with you guys, you've opened your home to foster children, and right. that's a way of showing hospitality for sure. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And, very, it's, and I hadn't really thought about that mm-hmm. until recent years, that that is hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, and more so just the, to the kids, you know, we've had our, we've been able to have our, our son's parent over too, mm-hmm. which was really beautiful and um, has been really lovely to like have her in her home and let her see pictures of her child and herself mm-hmm. on our wall because even though she wasn't in our home, she was like daily part of our family because uh, we were able to show that hospitality to her child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Susan? Um, well, we, you know, over the years we've had various and sundry people live in our home for some period of time um and we had a missionary who lived in our home for a year while she was raising support um we've had um other international folks stay in our home we had for an exchange student i mean just a lot of different and i will i will tell you that even though these things sound noble mm-hmm. yes we had these people stay in our home we had a foreign exchange student we've had all kinds of folks um one part of this hospitality thing, which I learned in a little bit of Bible study, is that uh, it, we're supposed to be doing these things out of not a complaining heart or a begrudging heart, but out of a cheerful heart. You know, mm-hmm. that God loves a cheerful giver. And when you're giving hospitality, it should be because of the love we have for Christ and the love he has for us. And um, And so sometimes, some of those times, we're not so cheerful giving. Um but I can say that it it was always rewarding. And I think God, even though my heart isn't right sometimes when I go into some things, He still uses that to teach me, to grow me. Um, so I am I am thankful for that. But I would also challenge that, you know, hospitality with your neighbors that are in your geographic vicinity to buy Girl Scout cookies from the, the girl selling girl, mm-hmm. rather than, oh, you know, I'm trying to cut back on sweets, so I, I'm not going to do that. Well, can you buy one box and give it to somebody? You don't have to eat it. But I think that, that shows a lot of care for your neighbor um, or your neighbor who's um, – these situations have come up recently. A neighbor who's collecting – she was getting donations for a fundraiser that this organization she was in – was doing for cancer research because it was specific some specific cancers that she had people in her family who'd had those cancers and you know i thought well and she's not a believer either and so i'm thinking why wouldn't i do that you know um because i think it it shows you know it shows the world that even if we're not um if whatever that thing is is not our thing it doesn't mean we can't show you we care by participating right. in whatever way you've asked us to. And I think that that's a, a, a level of hospitality also that just shows, you know, that we have been granted a lot of hospitality by our Heavenly Father, and we want to do the same thing for others and even small ways. So I think there's small ways you can show hospitality without having someone live in your home or make a gourmet meal mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. the, it, it runs the gamut. All of it is hospitality 
But um, for, for people who might think, well, I don't, I am really self-conscious having people in my home because I don't feel like it's clean enough or I don't feel like I have the right decorations or, mm-hmm. you know, we can have all those um, insecurities, I guess. And so, you know, start small. I think I jumped ahead to another question you're going to ask. But that's okay. Well, we, start we're, small. It's a conversation. We can jump around. <laughs> and um, also, um, you know, you show hospitality in your home, obviously, but also you... Your role at Waypoint is to show hospitality at our church. You know, like what are some ways that you've done that or that we can do that, you know, as a congregation too? Well, I am a bit of an extrovert, so I don't mind talking to anybody. Uh, <laughs> I, I like talking to, to people, but I do think it's important um, for people who are coming to our church and even when they're leaving our church, to, for someone to speak, you know, just mm-hmm. speak. That's, uh, smile mm-hmm. and speak. Hello, how are you? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here today. It was great seeing you. Um, I've never met you before. I just think that it means a lot. We know it means a lot to people because we know people who have visited Waypoint say, I felt so welcomed by the person who was standing at the door when I came in. So we know it's important. Um, so I just, I, I enjoy encouraging people to be that way um encouraging people to just feel comfortable just and i'm amazed at how many people are on the welcome teams that are not really extroverts um i was speaking with one the other day who will remain nameless who said i'm really not an i'm not an extrovert and being on a welcome team sounded a little uncomfortable for me but i thought i can do that i can say hi to people and mm-hmm. that's a necessary part of our church. And so that's why I do it, because I know that it's something I can do. And just because it's not my, quote, big gift, God's still giving me the ability to do it. And so I thought that was neat. I thought that's that was cool. neat the way that, yeah. Well, you guys so. are obviously doing it well, because I, I hear a lot of people say how friendly Waypoint is or like when they visit that. You know they've been welcomed, so a lot yes. of great welcomers here. Yes, a lot of great. You probably you could probably use an, <clears throat> another. We could use batch. some more. <laughs> yes, yeah, little plug. Always open a new welcomers the, because you yes. can't have enough. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, um, you know, talking about some of the the good things about hospitality, but it, I know it can also be costly too. And I was going to ask if you want to speak to some of the challenges that come from hospitality, and then you can go ahead and also. Share some of the blessings, too. Why is it worth it, <laughs> despite the cost? Hmm. Yeah, for me, one of the things, uh, jumping off of what Susan was saying earlier, I think there's a sense of almost affirming the dignity of a person. Mm-hmm. I think about people being made in the image of God, and I was reminded one of my professors actually was reflecting on sort of driving by homeless people. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing himself as like in the good samaritan story as he drove by and is like i don't even want to look at this person and i just feel like i'm not the good samaritan i'm doing like these other people who walk by and sort of skirt around and he just said you know i decided to get a lot of ones not because i i really am not in favor of like giving money to people but i needed some way to just reach out and affirm like i see you mm-hmm. Um, and I can bless you in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to affirm the dignity of a, of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that sense, there is, for him, there's a call, like a monetary cost. But I think there's like a margin cost in hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I think is 
you can be hospitable through planning things, but I find that some of the hospitality mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. because somebody something happens yeah. and then they want to talk about something right now. Mm-hmm. And so if I've set up this happens to me all the time on Sundays because my homework's due on Sundays and I've set up my day so to do homework because I procrastinated and now I've procrastinated myself out of being able to really affirm this person. Um, I think of the Lord being a God who sees to, to be here to affirm them. Uh, and some of that I get from my mom. She used to, she talked about when we were teenagers, if we came in the room, she would just put everything down because she knew this is a moment where they're coming and wanting to talk to me, and I don't get those all the time mm-hmm. as teenagers. And so, but just that that affirmation of like, I see you, and I'm gonna give you the dignity of listening or inviting you over to dinner or really spending time with you. And I've found that some of the cost is that my schedule, if I've really overloaded my schedule, I schedule myself out of really being able to be hospitable and affirming people and their dignity because I, oh, I can schedule in two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really good, especially um, in our culture in America, particularly in the triangle. I think we're so um, maxed out mm-hmm. that like, uh, if we really want to practice hospitality, we need some margin mm-hmm. for those Sometimes the greatest needs are those that are unplanned that come up, too. Yeah, yeah definitely. What about you guys? Some of the challenges and blessings? Challenges, I think, for the way that we're doing hospitality with foster care is, well, our most valuable thing, which is time. Like, that's mm-hmm. what it's costing mm. us is time. And... Um, there are other things within foster care that, like, because we're choosing to have a child in our home, that we're not able to do certain things. Certain vacations aren't approved. Certain schools aren't approved. You know, when <laughs> you name it, you know, we're we're um, just having to reframe, reschedule um, because this is important and a priority to us. So, um, but that's the same for weeknights if we want to have or weekends if we want to have neighbors over that's taking time from that time bank of, okay, should we hang out with these friends or should we step out and ask the neighbor across the street that like, we know they're having a hard time or we know, Mm -hmm. you know, they lost, whatever the thing is, is that sometimes it's easy to stay in that comfort zone of like, these are our people. This is comfortable who we're going to do life with or making that choice to, to not sacrifice our time, but like be intentional with that time to reach out to somebody that we know needs it. Mm-hmm. And 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 whenever we do it, we never regret it. We're always like, right. oh, that was exactly mm-hmm. what we what we needed to do for us too. And I think that's where like you're saying, how did how is it? Um, you asked, how does it bless us or enrich us? And I can't even name the ways through foster care. There's so much, so much blessed. Like the kids that are in our home bless us so much, mm-hmm. and so it's easy to. Like, I always hate when people are like, oh, you're such an amazing person. I am not an amazing person. I'm not at all. <laughs> but I don't know how to say in a way, like, we're getting so much more out of this. Mm-hmm. Our family just, it blesses our kids. Our kids, like, look through the world with a more empathetic lens. And mm-hmm. and it's harder to make judgments, I think, when you're, like, in the lives of people um, 
that are going through, like when they're going through something and you, it's easy to stand outside and make a judgment. And when you're in it, you, mm-hmm. you just have so much more compassion and mm-hmm. understanding. And that, that judgment is, is baggage, right? So mm-hmm. that compassion feels um, like a blessing, I mm-hmm. guess. But No, I, I was thinking something similar when you're, um, when you have opportunity to show hospitality, which, like you said, James, usually does not come in your schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost always inconvenient, especially the impromptu hospitality, mm-hmm. which seems to happen a lot more than than the planned hospitality. Mm-hmm. But um, but when you when you when you obey that call to be hospitable in that way at that time, um, the blessings come in seeing Jesus through somebody else's eyes, seeing a different culture that um, you weren't familiar with and didn't understand. And I do think it broadens your, uh, you said you, um, you said it makes you less judgmental or you're not as judgmental because you have more exposure to different people's situations. And when we don't, when we stay in our comfortable bubble we invite the people over who we know already know what our house looks like Mm -hmm. and you know or already know what kind of food Mm -hmm. we have and how it tastes and you know then we we miss out on those opportunities to get a more full picture a fuller picture of the world and where god needs to use us and where he needs to teach us and where he needs to bless us and so yeah i i agree with that i would say too man a blessing is just friendship Especially one of the things that I've appreciated in hospitality is just having people in my house. You talked about having missionaries. You can talk about wanting to build community and sort of the natural patterns in our society of how long does it take to really establish good friends and be in a place. And if you live with somebody, you can cut that in half. I mean, (laughs) when just living with somebody, inviting people into your home on a regular basis, even if it's just for a weekend or for a week, there's an an invitation and the the generosity of your giving, and it just really digs into being friends with people. And I've found that three of the people that I'm closest friends with lived with me for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's just such a wonderful blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I feel like I'm hearing all three of you say is that it's reciprocal, that it's not just like hospitality isn't just like I'm the one who's going to help someone else out or show mm-hmm. them love, but then you sometimes it's friendship mm-hmm. comes from that or an expanded worldview. Um mm-hmm. Also, I feel like we can have a lot of blind spots when we're only with people who are mm-hmm. just like us mm-hmm. and we're not opening up our home. Mm-hmm. I also think it's important, too, as you're talking, I was thinking that we do do this in community, that we're not just opening our home up to others, but that we do have mm-hmm. like a core group of, mm-hmm. of friends that are also living similarly, and we can encourage one another and that, too. We really want to do that at Waypoint. And I think something you said, Susan, like, we can show this love because Christ showed it to us. Like we love because he first loved us. We are hospitable because he was hospitable mm-hmm. to us, invited mm-hmm. us into his family, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I think is also key. But one thing I could imagine as people are hearing this, and I always think this when we do podcasts, whether, you know, it's about prayer or Bible study or missions and the people who are sharing have a gift in this and they're doing it regularly. I think sometimes other people can be like, yeah, but. 
I'm not like that. I don't have that gift. Or that sounds really intimidating to me. What would you say to someone who just feels overwhelmed or scared at the thought of inviting (laughs) others into their home or their lives? Uh, she, we have the same answers for everything. So, <laughs> yeah, start start small. It doesn't have to be somebody moves into your house or you mm-hmm. become a foster parent or even just like that you have somebody over for dinner if that's too big. Like starting small, like buying mm-hmm. a box of cookies and mm-hmm. and then building on those things and mm-hmm. maybe challenging yourself to step up to a bigger thing next time and and build from there. I think one easy thing to do is if you if you have neighbors, um, then if you just stay outside for a little while, mm-hmm. somebody comes out to walk their dog, oh, yeah. somebody comes out to, I don't know, check the mail, somebody comes out to do something, and you may have an opportunity to meet someone you haven't met before or have a conversation with somebody that you've wanted to have a conversation, but it just wasn't natural. Um, and I think first step, though, is, is asking God to provide those opportunities. If you don't know how or you don't think you know how to be hospitable. I bet there are a lot of people who think they aren't, but they really are. Um, am I saying everything that you, <laughs> you said? You basically are reading all of my Are we the same person? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's this so funny. This just confirms the important aspects of hospitality. That's right. There you go. Like-mindedness all around the room. Um, but God told us to do this, so couple of Bible verses. I know we're going to talk about some Bible verses, but Romans 12, 13 says, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. This is not the starting small part necessarily, but it's the emphasis on what you said earlier, Eric, about community. We are still supposed to be showing hospitality to those in the household of faith, um, as the Bible sometimes puts it. But don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. But I think when we ask the Lord to, if we say, okay, God, I don't know how to be hospitable. Can you can you give me opportunities? And take little steps. Sit outside your front, you know, sit in your driveway or sit on Put the curb. Away. Put your phone away. Look up. That's right. Walk down the street and just see who you bump into, and he will provide those opportunities. So I think, you know, we don't need to make it so hard because he he knows what he wants us to do, and he knows the desire of our hearts. And so he's going to bring about those situations where he wants us to serve and love and care. And we just ask him, and but then be ready because it's coming might be bigger than you think. (laughs) I would say one practical thing, or maybe two practical things, is one, know people's names. I have Mm -hmm. a note on my phone where I have people's names and like Mm -hmm. descriptions of either what they look like or what they do. And in the scriptures, we see God and he knows people's names. Mm -hmm. And I find that remarkable that is the Lord of the universe, but he knows my name, and he calls people. I was listening to uh, the Gospel of John yesterday, and um, Mary Magdalene is at the tomb, and Jesus is talking to her, and she thinks that he's the gardener, and he doesn't reveal himself initially. I, again, imagining – I don't know if this is a fair interpretation, but in my mind as I was listening, I just imagined that, like he's maybe not even ready to – say this and then she's like where is my lord do you know where they've taken him and and he just says her name mary Mm -hmm. and there's such power in that and her response and the love that she has and 
man, if you don't know people's names, it just is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And social science would confirm that in teacher world, Mm -hmm. man. If you don't know a kid's name by week two, you just forget it. Mm -hmm. Why is it easier to remember dog names? I feel like everyone remembers our dog's name, Pippin. And I remember my neighbor's dog's names. But like, yeah, I guess maybe because they're more unusual. We have, there's a dog in my neighborhood named Moon Pie. You know, there's like lots of, there's a dog in my neighborhood named Jenny, you know, and I would say Jenny's mom. Yes, exactly. Her mom. mom, But but whenever I do get the name, I do the same thing. I'm like, sometimes I identify them actually by their dog, (laughs) you know, like put their name and, you know, how they're connected to. But But people do love it if you remember their dog's name. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like remembering their child's name, you know. And I I agree with you, James. I'm I'm big on names. I want to know how to pronounce it correctly. I didn't want to know how to spell it correctly, but that's usually the last thing I get Mm -hmm. right. But Mm -hmm. pronouncing it correctly and trying to remember it because it, that means that's powerful. I mean, that's God changed people's names uh-huh. because it was such a powerful thing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And you love to, yeah, people love to hear, hear their name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why we do the name tags now yeah. a couple times a month. I think those are, you know, it's really important. And it's great too because it is, we do have a lot of people coming in and it is hard to remember names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think mm-hmm. also we need to normalize saying, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know that I know you, but can I get your name one more time yeah. and showing grace too? But yeah, I think that that's an important step. And I, for me too, with the names pragmatically, man, if I've, I'll, I can ask you your name once, fine. Twice, fine. Third is awkward. I won't ask you a fourth mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. That's just like me personally. And that, so now I'm, if I, if I haven't gotten it by that fourth time and then I haven't written it down somewhere or have a way to remember it, that relationship is almost like, some miracle is going to have to happen for us to really connect in a meaningful way unless somebody else knows you and I hear it on the fly. Um, But I also, I would just challenge people. I would put myself in a category of somebody that quote unquote is not good at names. And I think we see there's a value in scripture on that. And I would just challenge people to really say, okay, well, there are those people who can just hear a name and instinctively they just know it but if you're if that's not you which mm-hmm. my sense is that most of us are not that way then figure out ways to to compensate instead of i think there was a period of time in my life where i was just like well i'm not good at this and i think i've come to a place where i'm like no i i really even if i'm not good at it i want to really make efforts mm-hmm. to use means, strategies, whatever, mm-hmm. to try and overcome that because it is something that's really important and helps me to be a better friend, be more hospitable, and just have more fun. When you know somebody's name, it's a lot more fun going to an event at church. If you only know a quarter of the people there, the social situation, at least for me, feels much more uncomfortable, um, and I'm not able mm-hmm. to welcome people as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So That's true. That's good. So I was going to ask you guys about some verses. You mentioned one, Susan, um, uh, Hebrews 13, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers, mm-hmm. for some have entertained angels without knowing it mm. by doing that. That's interesting. For some reason, in my yearbook, that's my senior quote, but I don't think that was like a really significant verse in my life. I don't know if that week I was doing a Bible study and it came up, but when they asked for my senior quote, that was it. I was going back to look. But it's interesting because God has used that in my life. So we've had... 
people from all over the world in our home. That's another way you can show hospitality, too, is uh, Hmm. especially in this area. We have a lot of people from different countries who don't go back home um, for Christmas, Easter, New Year's, Hmm. what, you know, what have you. But it's funny that I would have chosen that, which I don't even remember picking it. But when I saw my old yearbook, that was that was the quote. But uh, I was going to ask you guys, uh, yeah, what are some actual verses that encourage you in hospitality or just some truths, some spiritual truths? Well, there's the very convicting one in Matthew uh, chapter 25. I was hungry, Jesus said, and you gave Mm -hmm. me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was alone and away from home and you invited me into your house. I was without clothes and you gave me something to wear. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. That seems like hospitality all over the place. And then, of course, they said, well, we did do that. Mm-hmm. We won't read the rest of it. <laughs> but um, but just, I mean, Jesus commands us to do this. I mean, we are commanded to show hospitality to everyone. And um, so it's not really a, it's not something that, we, some can be better at it than others perhaps, but it's not something that, we say, well, I'm not very good at it, so I don't do that. I mean, we are supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think the basic kindness is, is is awesome. Just being basically kind to people, especially when you don't feel like it sometimes or when you feel like, or they won't care anyway, because they probably will care. Um, I think it starts there, but I think we're commanded to be that way. Can you imagine a world where everyone is showing hospitality and kindness to one another, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we talk about a preview of the coming kingdom, mm-hmm. what a beautiful mm-hmm. picture that would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say for me, I think that those verses in Isaiah, I think it's 58, um, which is largely about fasting, but there's a lot of the fasting is towards hospitality, towards inviting people into space, affirming people, seeing poor people, seeing widows, seeing orphans. Um, and man, the blessings that come with that, I'm, I just see them. There's a section that says, like, and you will lay a foundation for many generations. You will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. And I just, I just read those, and I was like, that's what I want, <laughs> right? Like, particularly I think about for parents as somebody that hopes to have kids one day, like, what does it look like to live in a way that lays a foundation for generations of of godliness and of following Jesus, not just of now and my kids, but what about like this is saying many generations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just is f- feels insurmountable, and yet there's very clear things about taking care of the poor and doing justice and mm-hmm. really just seeing people and doing something about it mm-hmm. uh, that is powerful to me. Yeah, and we're not here to sugarcoat anything. It's definitely going to be messy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but it's beautiful too, as mm-hmm. you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I did not have that. I mean, I don't want to follow that because that was beautiful laying, you know, <laughs> paving the way for generations, but a foundation for generations. Um, I had also thought of the Matthew 25 verse, and then I guess I just kept it simple with love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. and yeah. And... Not trying not to simple. overcomplicate mm-hmm. um, what that looks like, but mm-hmm. and I'm gonna shameless plug for the village because when I think about that, like our neighbor is 
everybody in Durham. Mm -hmm. And that is what we were trying to bring along. So you can edit this out if you don't want the village in here. But <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, but, I was going to actually say next, like any last words, feel free mm -hmm. to plug yes, your no, various yes, ministries because yes. all three of you are um, a part of ministries of hospitality too. So starting with you in the village. Yeah, yeah, the village Durham is just an, a preventative service to come alongside families. Um, a lot of single moms have already uh, started working with the program. And what a better way to support our neighbors in Durham mm -hmm. than coming alongside. Being a parent is so hard just in general, but then being a single parent too. Not all of them are single parents, but... Um, this is just a beautiful way to like not have the government coming in and taking care of, but being the hands and feet of Jesus and coming alongside families and just like very simply you're taking to doctor's appointments and, and it doesn't have to be anything grand. It's just starting to walk alongside and doing life um, with somebody that you might not have known. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it just mm -hmm. puts you in that proximity of people who mm -hmm. need community. So if someone wants to get involved in the village, what do they need to do? <laughs> Thank you for asking. Um, you can log on to thevillagedurham.org. Um, and on that website, you can read about what we're doing. And then um, there should be a link. I say there should be. There, there is a link in there to connect with us uh, via email, and we can get you plugged in for different. There's different volunteer roles that you can do and different ways that you can support the village. Awesome. And Susan, we kind of already plugged um, the welcome team, but what other ways, if you want to get involved in hospitality at Waypoint specifically? Mm -hmm. There are lots of ways. Welcome team is a great one uh, to serve once a month. Um, other ways are, for example, we're going to have a big Easter meal coming up soon. So being a part of helping to, to plan for um, provide perhaps food for, depending on the situation. All of those are opportunities to be involved in extending hospitality to people at Waypoint and people that Waypoint folks invite in to these various functions. So there's, I would love to create a, a, a big list of folks who want to participate and help with planning, executing, providing for uh, events. So if someone wants to be part of that, what should they do? Who should they email? They can email me, uh -huh. Susan at waypointrdu.com. Awesome. All right. And James, you have a really exciting opportunity coming up. Yeah. Also. I've actually got three things. So the first one would be Supper Club, which is through um, Duke International Student Ministries. And that is just having international students at your house for dinner once a month. Mm -hmm. And... I think actually one of the verses that you talked about was about taking the like having people the lonely bring the lonely in. It was the stranger? The you know, stranger. stranger and I invited you. Yeah, in and stranger and inviting them in, and uh, I just think that's a beautiful way to do that. Mm -hmm. Second one mm -hmm. is related to that stranger inviting you in and leaning into all the verses in the scriptures about taking care of the foreigner among us mm -hmm. um, is being a good neighbor team through mm -hmm. World Relief Durham. And we're trying to, we've got two good neighbor teams right now, but there's refugees that are coming into Durham. And how can we as a church be welcoming to these people who have gone through a lot and really see them as Christ has seen them? Um, and the last one is Dwell, uh, which is going to be launching in... August. And Dwell is incarnational living in many ways. So there's a lot of 
I think hospitality can happen very easily when you can overlap your living space mm-hmm. with frequency of time. Yep. So if you live two minutes from somebody, it's a lot of easier to invite mm-hmm. them over for dinner. Right. So we're hoping to have teams of um, 10 to 15, maybe 20 people just move into the same apartment complex, be engaged, be friends in the community with mm-hmm. people, um, learn how to care for people. There might be uh, Bible clubs for kids. There might be homework tutoring stuff. There's been care as with refugee families going to help translation events and efforts for school-related things or getting your license or stuff like that. And so a lot of that happens organically. There isn't a lot of effort because it's so proximal mm-hmm. and you actually mm-hmm. live there. You don't have to go somewhere to do something. And so this opportunity to be hospitable is very low effort <laughs> and you can be engaged or not as engaged as much as you really want because you live there. And so if it's like, oh, I have capacity for 30 minutes, well, you can walk next door in two mm-hmm. minutes and then boom, you've got it. Mm-hmm. And then if you have more capacity, you can engage more. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so people would contact you if they're interested mm-hmm. in those things? Yeah. And for Dwell, actually, we're going to be doing an interest meeting the second of April, I think. So the week before Easter, there'll be an interest meeting for people that want to do dwell. Okay. So you can email James at Waypoint um, RDU and be looking for things on the realm too about all of these. Well, I would love, I'm so thankful to have talked to all three of you and I've been inspired and I'd love to pray for us to close things up. But before I do that, does anyone have any last words of encouragement or anything else they'd like to say about hospitality? All right, you're good. We said it all. All right, great. Well, thank you so much. And let me pray for us. Father, I thank you so much um, for this time. I thank you for the many ways um, you have provided that we can um, invite others into our lives, into our homes. Lord, help us. Father, help us to remember names. Help us to to look at people, to engage um, to show kindness, Lord, I pray that your spirit would um, would invite others in through us, Lord. I pray for Waypoint Church that we would be a welcoming and a safe place for others, Lord, and that you would be glorified in that. I pray for all those listening, if there are some next steps um, of faith that you would give clarity and guidance, and we just ask this all in your name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Bye.